Welcome in to another edition of the Tapping the Keg podcast, episode 441. Mitch on the ones and twos, Charlie here with you. You're actually across from the Zoom. You're not on the ones and twos anymore because we don't do this in person. Um, but that's okay. Uh, I am merely a co-pilot. I am you are, ride, you are riding coattails. You, you're, style. you're the goose uh, to my maverick. Um, the peanut, the jelly to my peanut butter, um, and any other combination that you're looking for. Um, Mitch Ross in the building, uh, big show, uh, this weekend for his band garden home. Uh, why don't you, uh, tell the people a little bit about it? We'll make sure to shout uh, out the show as well. Yeah. So December 5th, Sunday, got a show coming up. X-ray arcade in Cudahy, former, the artist formerly known as the metal grill. If you haven't frequented that spot in the last two years or so that did change pre-pandemic i do believe um and uh yeah so there's been a little bit of some ticket ticketing issues but i think um i don't know if i personally have to worry about that but there was a production company or like a you know a booking agency that was in charge and, and the guy backed out you know, got into some trouble, backed out, and then had to do refunds. It's just a kind of a messy situation. So that's been another wrinkle to everything. But trying to promote it, we got a uh, two-song EP coming out on Friday ahead of the show of just a couple songs we've been working on, and kind of wanted to get some get something out there since since really since the pandemic. We put out a split with uh, a band called American Bandit, and that was right before the pandemic hit, and that's our last music that was released. So on Friday, that'll all be on Apple Music, Spotify, yada, 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 all the good stuff. Um, yeah, to so come out to the show, get some merch, hang out Sunday night. So I know it's tough, but Packers don't play. So, um, you know, that's one less one less obstacle in your way. So for sure, uh, my band, my band is called Garden Home, by the way. So if you do want to check us out before, you know, before the show or whatever, feel free. Absolutely. That'll be yeah. out. I think that'll be available. So it's Friday release date, but uh, my sources told me that it would be available like Thursday night, potentially. So. Yeah, usually they release that like midnight or whatever, midnight Eastern. Yeah, mid- so, midnight Eastern, I think, yeah. Yeah, so get on that. Um, hopefully it can make its way to uh, to a uh, Tapping the Keg game review reel, um, get the music in the <laughs> background while I'm, while I'm going. Um, I, think that, I think that makes the most sense. Um, <laughs> gotta have that, but yeah, no, check out Mitch. Um, I will put my status as questionable for that as being a Sunday show. I do work at 10 so that there is an angle there, but yeah, Sunday, Sunday is a, at seven. It's at seven and we do play first. So, All right. um, you know, you can pop in, check us out and get the hell out of there. Probably by eight o'clock. Yeah. So yeah, no doubt. All right, let's move to the Green Bay Packers, who, as you mentioned, are not playing on Sunday by week. Uh, I think everybody is thankful for the bye, um, not only for the Green Bay Packers, but also your personal life. You know, it's one last week where you got to say, oh, the Packers are on. Get some Christmas shopping done. You can get your tree up. You can, you know, get your lights going. It's a good week to have a bye uh, for a lot of reasons. And this Packer season has been an enjoyable one. And I think at the start of the year, no one really knew what to expect. And this was pre them getting their asses kicked by the new Orleans saints. We all wondered, what is this season going to bring? Is it going to be dysfunctional? Are the Packers going to have it all together? And then at, through six quarters of the season after new Orleans in the first half against Detroit, it really looked like this thing was going to be a downward spiral of shit, almost similar to what we're seeing right now in Seattle where everything has fallen apart. But instead, it's been the inverse, and it's been sort of the seasons that we've had in the last few years, except I do wonder if this Packer team is better than the two others from Matt LaFleur. And so there have been a lot of things to celebrate and a lot and a few things to be disappointed about this season, but what sort of things stand out to you at least or one of the things that stands out to you so far, whether it's player whether it's a game, whether it's a moment, like what's what's one thing that sort of stands out to you throughout this first 12 weeks of the season? I guess the obvious one is the defense of the Packers. 
um, just especially after, you know, people were questioning the Joe Barry hire all along. This guy's awful. Uh, he has a track record of, you know, being on some really bad teams, some really, you know, underwhelming defenses. Then they come out and get just waxed in week one, as you alluded to. And really, it kind of has just gradually gotten better every week, despite um, different guys being out, different guys getting hurt in games. Um, and like, I guess specifically, maybe Devondre Campbell just yeah. kind of was a just a pedestrian signing, I guess. Like, okay, you know, a body, right? Like, a lot of people thought he was you know. next Christian Kirksey. We're like, okay, cool. We just got, yeah. we got, yeah. we got I another mean, version of Christian. Kirksey. Kind of a, a veteran middle linebacker who inside linebacker who can, you know, can you know, I don't know, tackle some people, I suppose, and yeah, can sort of yeah, be there. He's, he's a body, and he, you know, and yeah. he's been, I guess, way more than anybody thought, and I think that is that has freed up you know, Chris Barnes to kind of fill in the cracks as well. Rashawn Gary, I think has taken another step. Um, certainly lately. Uh, and just, I guess, be, being able to do all that stuff with guys like Jair Alexander, having missed, you know, three quarters of the season at this point, and Zadarius Smith hasn't even played a game. So um, it's just been, uh, seriously, the defense has been pretty, pretty shocking. And has frankly carried them, a lot of games in this season and has really been a key to their success so far. I mean, even the, even some of the games, I mean, the Kansas city game, they lost that game. You know, that's sort of can't put a ton of stock because Jordan love started that game, not Aaron Rodgers, but I mean, to keep them in that game was, was very, very impressive in that game. And they really haven't slipped up too much at all in the last few weeks either. They've, they've definitely um, been, a highlight of the team for sure. Oh, no question about it. Um, it's been a fun to watch. It's been actually really just fun to have a physical football team, you know, a team yeah. who is not soft and who's not, you know, doesn't look like they should be playing in a dome. I mean, how many times would we say, Oh, if the Packers were playing where Atlanta is or Dallas, they'd actually be better than playing in the cold in Lambeau. They don't look like a team built for cold. Well, this team kind of has that feel of a cold weather team, a team yeah. that's going to beat you up, a team that's not going to make you feel good at the end of it. And, you know, Jair Alexander said before the season started that they had dogs kind of channeling his inner PJ Tucker. And he's right. And I don't think anyone believed him. I, I mean, I laughed at him after week one. I was like, are you serious? Uh, and that's probably one of the bigger lowlights of the whole season, even though it's meaningless. It doesn't matter. Can't put too much stock in it. It still was a hell of a way to start the season and everything went sideways. And then it's, it's obviously resurrected itself in the positive and the defense is a huge part of it. Another big surprise for me or a big highlight for me has just been the emergence of AJ Dillon. Um, I don't think AJ Dillon has necessarily had the breakout game um, just overall. I mean, maybe that Arizona game was one that you could look at and pinpoint to say he was really special in that one. But what AJ Dillon has been able to do is just be a consistent force for Green Bay and be a game changer and be a guy that you can bring in in the fourth quarter and ride and the, sh the short yardage situation stuff. And, I, I think Aaron Jones got a little bit Wally pipped. I still think there's a room for Aaron Jones, but the combination of the two is just so much better than just Aaron Jones and a dash of AJ Dillon. Oh, oh totally. And AJ Dillon has been great in the, the pass catching game, you know? Oh yeah. Just kind of being available. Yeah. No one and, and and people said he couldn't has, catch. Been, has been huge. And people said he couldn't catch. I mean, that was a knock on him that he couldn't catch. I laughed at him and said, this guy isn't isn't a guy that can catch. I remember there's a clip from Pro Football Focus who clowned AJ Dillon, and then they doubled down on it again. Some of their podcasters kind of saying that still was a bad pick. It still wasn't what they should have done. Yet, I think AJ Dillon right now is second in pro, in running backs on, on Pro Football Focus. So that's a little weird that your metrics aren't matching your opinions. And I think sometimes people just don't want to be wrong, right? And so don't want to admit that they fucked up and they didn't see what Brian Gunacus did. And, and that has been such a game changer for Green Bay. It's alleviated some of the pressure off Aaron Rodgers. 
And I think that's something going forward that's going to really, really help the Packers. And as and I think that I think that Jones and Dylan are like a perfect thunder and lightning. Oh yeah. To, I know that's an overused. Oh, it's phrase smash and, maybe and dash. Really I mean, you, can, you can use any anything. I mean that yeah, it's all been said, but it's true. It's absolutely true. Right, and Dylan has shown to be more versatile, I think, and and maybe Aaron Jones too. I guess maybe not just this year, but. You know, you, you think of Aaron Jones, what's he in now? It's fourth year? Fourth or fifth, yeah. Yeah, so, like, you'd look at him when he got drafted, like, okay, who's this guy? He's a fifth-round pick, like, undersized to some extent. Um, but he's, you know, more than capable, I guess, running between the tackles, too, which, you know, I guess you wouldn't you wouldn't expect. So I think those guys really complement each other nicely and um, certainly are a – I guess the focal point of the off, I mean, obviously Devontae continues to be, you know, the best receiver in football, especially with Aaron Rodgers in there. Um, and, but those two guys in the backfield, you know, they've sort of beautifully worked AJ Dillon and maybe the injury to Aaron Jones, uh, you know, accelerated that a little bit too. Sure. But just, just, he's, he's there to be for December football. Yeah. No question about it. And let me ask you about Rodgers. I know you said folk. And I agree that running the football is a big part of what the Packers do. Now, Aaron Rodgers had an MVP-like performance on Sunday. I saw Tyler Dunn and Bob McGinn say that. And if Dunn and McGinn are saying that, then you know it was a really good performance from Aaron Rodgers. Those guys haven't always been in Aaron's corner uh, through the years. Yeah. And, and so – and that's two straight, actually. I mean, four touchdowns in oh, yeah. 385. No, he's Minnesota. red hot. It, yeah. It's it's kind of funny. Like, he needs the bye to heal that pinky toe. But in a lot of ways, he's playing his best football right now. And so it's like, I don't know, you know, do, do you need a bye? Are you sure? Like, it's kind of Favre-like. Like, people always would say Rodgers was soft and he's never like Favre. That's been a tired narrative used through the pinhead uh, playbook. But I mean, this is Favre shit. You know, Favre played through a lot of injuries and would be awesome. And you'd be like, dude has like a fucking fat ankle and he's thrown for 330 and three touchdowns. Like, how is this possible? So, you know, and, but my question to you in the MVP but race, played through a broken thumb, Charlie. Uh, oh, I remember that game really well. He should not have played. That was ridiculous. Um, and there's no way Favre would have played the way that he did in today's, generation with concussion protocol and how they protect players you know i think in a lot of ways far part of the reason why Favre's had some issues with uh his head and his mentals is because the packers sort of let him down and maybe it was Favre too and maybe Favre just told all of them to fuck off kind of logan roy style and didn't matter but it it's it is you know looking back Favre probably was really vulnerable and he could have could have been protected a little bit better. But what I was going to say about Rogers was, so if he continues this sort of pace and this sort of, holy shit, Aaron Rodgers, the bad man coming, the Packers are on prime time the rest of the year. Uh, the Ravens game just got flexed to the Fox game, game of the week. Um, Rodgers is going to make a case for another MVP. It's, there's no one else that's going and grabbing it. And mm-hmm. if Rodgers has these awesome performances on prime time with everybody watching, more and more people are going to be like, you know, who should be MVP again? Aaron Rodgers. Now, I think there's going to be some that will, and it's really just for the headline, to get themselves like a bunch of Twitter likes and a bunch of engagement. I'm not voting for Aaron Rodgers because he lied about his vaccination status. There will be those <laughs> motherfuckers. I guarantee you. That's it's too easy of a lane to be like, you know what I can do? I can say I'm not. Does one of them, does one of them run pro football talk? I mean, I don't know if Florio has a vote, (laughs) but you know, Florio is going to do that. You know, there is no way Florio will vote for Aaron Rodgers. If even if Aaron, if he's like green Bay wins out, they run the table the rest of the way. They're number one seed in the E in the uh, NFC again. Still, there's no way Florio votes for Rodgers, and he will make it all about himself and his vaccination status. I will, I'll love it. I will love every minute of it. But yeah, I think he has a real shot because no one else is is grabbing it. Um, now, if right. Holmes gets hot late, maybe there is 
there's some of that, but I don't know how you can excuse the first part of the season for him. I think people want to crown Josh Allen's ass, but it just hasn't been there for him this year. Yeah. I mean, they do have two games against the Patriots. I guess if you win both of those and you kind of take over the AFC East and you look good doing it, maybe then that gets you, that puts you over the top. Yeah. Um, yeah, I still think, I still think they want to give it to Tom Brady. Oh yeah. Um, like if, if he, you know, rebounds further after his couple of bad games. Um, yeah. And they have a cake schedule down the stretch. They really play, so. they really play no one. Um, and they're, yeah, he's and, gonna, and, and they have two primetime games that will get them in front of the people playing the bills at home, New Orleans at home. And that's, what's, that's really the worrisome factor for green Bay. That's where that Kansas city loss or even admitted really the Minnesota loss you worry about because Tampa does have a tiebreaker over the Packers at three losses and Tampa doesn't have like a, a game where it's like, okay, they should, they should lose this game. All these, all these are very winnable for Tampa Bay. So that's a problem, but yeah, you're right. Brady is definitely true, but they, they have lost to Washington. No, I know. They've and been New bad. Orleans. I mean, they, they've been they, bad they on the road. They no, aren't invincible. They, They've been bad on the road that for some reason they just can't, I don't know if they just not, they can't get up for it. Teams give them their best shot, whatever it is. Um, but they, I mean, really figured something out in the second half, I guess Fournette gave him a big speech. Uh, Leonard Fournette, a uh, key contributor to the Charlie chopsticks, uh, big victory this week. Um, love Lenny. And uh, yeah, so we'll, we'll see that. What's that? I said, you could definitely say that with four touchdowns and yeah. And and uh, Fred Lenny covering the covering that three points, uh, getting into the end zone, not going down. Uh, massive massive moment there too for uh, for some out there. Trying to see if there. Yeah, great. Uh, trying to see if there's uh, like Russell Douglas. I mean, yeah, oh yeah, deserves some some flowers. I think just you, oh uh, yeah, street free agent. Um, no. I mean, has been. I mean, honestly, you could really go. Frankly, everybody on defense has been has been kind of above there, maybe except for Oren Burks, kind of disappointing. Uh, yeah, Oren Burks is just a guy. But, I mean, I think we, we learned that right. is, is just a dude. And in a lot of ways, I actually think it makes Zadarius Smith's sort of uh, whatever you want to call it, his temper tantrum, probably more disappointing than anything Aaron Rodgers did. Um, because it's like, oh, well, why don't you talk about Rasul? But I'll, I'll get to, I'll get to Zadarius Smith after this. Well, at least Rodgers is, is here. But yeah, uh, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I mean, just obviously it was a huge pick six against the Rams, um, and just you know, clearly a guy that had some talent left, and he's only got drafted what three years ago. Yeah, he's kind of already. I mean, this is probably his last shot, and he's definitely taken 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 and make made the most of it you know and and that's really all you can do and now if and when they do get Jair back now that's I mean a formidable group of corners and and, and, and secondary in general but then you've got you've got like four dudes that like you're okay with they're gonna be very hard to pass on I mean they're they are and Rasul Douglas should probably be the second corner and you have Jair as your first corner and Rasul as your second quarter and then you just rotate Stokes King and Douglas kind of and then you wouldn't have to rely on Kevin King necessarily right and I actually think that's when Kevin King's actually been pretty good this year is when the pressure's been off when Kevin King is just kind of allowed to float and he's more in that at slot corner position and sort of plays in that role and a little less with Chandon Sullivan. I think Chandon Sullivan's fine in doses, but I don't know if Chandon Sullivan's really a slot corner. I mean, who can forget that the Patriots picked on him all game long, uh, or not Patriots, Buccaneers. I was thinking Tom Brady and I said, Buc- as a Patriots, um, and they picked on him all game long and you just can't have him out there. So yeah, getting Jair is going to be huge. And yeah, Rasul Douglas, is a fun one. And it's also fun to look at Rasul Douglas Eagles. If you put that into Twitter, so many Eagles fans just pissed off. Like Howie Roseman knew what he was doing. Like they let him go too early. Like he figured it out. You know, it's classic, like Philadelphia sports fans and their front office guys, man. I don't know. It's a weird, 
it's a weird relationship with Hinky now Daryl Morey, Roseman. There's there's a weird sort of thing where they get a lot of defenders for their uh, front office guys. Yeah. Well, they, clearly they gave up on, on him early. Oh yeah. You know, no, they, I don't know. That's, he was terrible. I mean, I, he... I'm closest to the Packers where they, where they refuse to give up on guys. Yeah. And it's sort of, you know, we're Philly. Like if you don't produce, you know, I don't know. NFL just seems like, right. Like Jalen, especially, especially like a, like a, like a corner should not be, cut after like a year no like Jalen Rager who's a first round draft pick yes he was drafted over Justin Jefferson yes that was a mistake at the time I think we all said that but Jalen Rager had a bad performance he dropped a pass they they should have won the game but to just give up on Jalen Rager because he he's not kind of developing as fast as you'd want him to would be wrong we've learned it we saw it with Devontae we saw it with James Jones we've seen with multiple other receivers like and sometimes you're just bad and that's it is what it is but yeah you're right it takes time for some of these guys to fully develop into the football player they are and Rasul Douglas probably was playing too many snaps and the Eagles weren't that good and I think they had a lot of injuries if I don't recall at the corner position in the past the Eagles always seem to always have a ton of injuries and Mm -hmm. so Douglas was probably forced in there and people were like, I can't believe this guy, like there's Eagles fans are like, I can't believe he's a contributor. Like he was so bad for us and Packers got the most out of him. And Jerry Gray deserves a ton of credit. I think that's been another underrated part of the Packers this year has been their coaching staff. I think they're all really good. And I don't know how long they're going to be able to all stay together, you know, cause there'll probably be other jobs where people are like, Oh, I kind of want to take take apart that coaching staff. Like Adam Stefanic, the offensive line coach, has been fantastic. Um, the offensive line has had their struggles, but to get Josh Neiman, you know, ready to play as a third string left tackle and really was effective is incredible. It's, it's fun. I mean, third string left tackles are not supposed to be as good as Neiman was on Sunday. They just aren't. And he's yeah, been and good think, all year. I think going forward, you probably have your right tackle. Oh yeah. No, I, I think that, and I've been, I've been hard on Royce Newman and I, I do think Royce Newman will be fine as the years go on. He's just kind of that sure. Russell Douglas. He's probably playing a little bit earlier than he should. Yeah. I think you should look at Newman seriously for right tackle, as long as he can play it, you know, I not to yeah. bring back the offensive line days, but you know, some guys can't play both sides. Sometimes they're only comfortable on the left, but well, the Hopefully. footwork is different yeah, and, and totally. it's tougher to, to get used to it. But, you know, Billy Turner is 30 and yeah. right. he's not probably too long. I can't imagine for, I don't know what his contract situation is, but all four year deal. My God, yeah, he's probably yeah, got, they gave him, they took care of two Billy years Turner. Yet. That was a controversial at the time, but it's really worked out for green Bay. And, but you could also say, okay, push Billy Turner back to guard. I know he prefers playing tackle, but push him to guard. And then Runyon's your other guard, and then Josh Myers in the middle. That's a pretty good offensive line. And, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think it's definitely a, a way to the future. Now there are people who are like, well, could you trade Bakhtiari? It's like, no, nah, I mean, David Bakhtiari is still, like, the best left tackle in football. You, you're not trading that guy away. You paid him for a reason. And, like, that's also, yeah, he's untouchable. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's like, that's Rogers' boy. First oh, yeah. of all, and that's like you don't trade, you don't trade that type of locker room. No, yeah, oh yeah, and he's a total know, locker, leader yeah, locker. and presence and like, I don't know, maybe oh. maybe I take too much stock no, in that. No, shit, I but, no, know, I agree with you. I agree. No, 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 I agree with you. I'm just saying, Penad's gonna Penad. I forgot Elton Jenkins would actually be the left guard. So embarrassment and riches for the Packers. Yeah, right, exactly. I, I was I was like, wait a minute, I think you're forgetting yeah, somebody. No, I, I forgot could... Elton Jenkins, um, but. And to speak of the coaching, so yeah, so Stefanczyk's been awesome. Uh, Gray, Stenovich. Stenovich, I fuck yeah. his name up every time, so thank you. I appreciate that. Sometimes I hate when you do that, but I've pre- I've mispronounced his name probably all season. So Stenovich, thank you. So like Stenny's, but Stenovich. Okay, I got it. Right, I'm good. He's from Marshfield. Uh, I know he. Yeah, I know he's a Wisconsin guy. Um, and then. Uh, Mike Smith, too, uh, as the outside linebackers coach. Um, just the development of Rashawn Gary has been something else. And I know people are like, oh, I didn't say anything bad about Rashawn Gary, our friend Eric. But trust me, there are, there are 
there have been a lot of people who are not fans of that Rashawn Gary deal. And a lot of people are sticking their tail between their legs about that draft pick because that, that worked out for green Bay and spades. And lastly, last, lastly on just the Smith angle, speaking of another Smith, it just bums you out about Cedaria Smith. Like no one's fucked up their situation more than Cedaria Smith, in my opinion. And what I, you know, had heard and things like that, you and I both heard this, but you know, the back surgery, I wasn't really a team directive thing. It kind of sounded like he did a Scotty Pippen, right? Like Scotty Pippen back in the day, decided to get surgery, not didn't want to fuck up his summer famous line from the last dance. And it seemed like Zedaria Smith, same thing. He didn't want to fuck up his summer, decided to get the back surgery right after game one, after the Packers had struggled. And then it seemed like everything was lost. Some rumors of him gambling uh, at a Vegas casino on game day, which is a no-no uh, per NFL rules. And all of a sudden now Zedaria Smith's back. I don't think anyone knows like his status. He doesn't really get talked about. He hasn't met with the media. Um, it's been really strange. And I don't know. I don't know how – and like people – like I said in a group chat, like, I don't know where the snaps are. And yeah, of course there's, there'll be snaps for Zadarius Smith, but I do wonder about like the team chemistry a little bit. Like if this guy was kind of a malcontent and this guy was kind of a recluse, like, I'm sure they'll be fine. Like he was, he, he seems like they were laughing in the, in the locker room about him, Preston Smith and the Kenny Clark figurines last week. So maybe it doesn't matter. Maybe I'm overthinking it, but yeah, it'll be a little different, especially if he's taking snaps away from Rashawn Gary. I don't know if we want that right now. Yeah, I, I don't know. I guess you just maybe plan on moving forward without him and uh, for this season. And if you get him, great. You know, but he probably wouldn't be playing every snap or anything like that. I think that's no. just the way they're they're probably operating. I mean that you're right. It, it's another one that's quiet. Like, I feel like the Bakhtiari thing, I guess we finally found out he had get a, you know, a little clean out operation. Yeah. Then, you know, Jair, we haven't heard shit about him in quite a while. Maybe he comes back after the bye. I don't know, but you just have a lot of stuff and they keep on, keep on keeping on. I guess for my, for my low light, I guess I'd have to go with Mason Crosby. Oh yeah. Because, you know, he's missed nine. Ooh, he's missed nine field goals. Um, this season which you know i think the prevailing thought is if he if his name was you know mason johnson <laughs> <Shout out. laughs> that just sort of came out of my mouth no, I don't. we do Sorry. know mason johnson so uh he'd probably be gone by now right like he'd probably yeah. be you know you know with the way kicking is you know it's not i found it funny how uh my employer and my my good friends on the big show had what's that kicker's name? He's the Polish guy from Oh uh, yeah, I know. Oh God, uh, yeah, I can't think of his Chester, name. Chester, Chester, like Chester, Chester, Chester Merkel. Chester Merkel. Merkel. Seventy-two yeah. years old. This guy hasn't kicked in thirty years. What the fuck does he know about what Mason Crosby is going through? But <laughs> hey man, I just you gotta, I just you gotta get my mouth shut. Gotta get the guys on. Yeah, I don't know why Long, yeah. Longwell wasn't available. We couldn't. They couldn't book McAfee. What the fuck's the matter with them? Well, Ryan yeah, Longwell is is blacklisted from the state, but, uh, uh, Raider, he went, he went to the Vikings, I but, um, so yeah, like kickers back then, it's like, if they made 60%, you know, that was, that was a good season. Now it's like, if you miss three kicks, you need to be taken out, out back and beaten with a, you know, beaten to a bloody pulp or something. But yeah, you know, first of all, he's making way too much money as a kicker. So I got to yeah. believe that, um, this could be the last season. I, I don't. I don't think they're gonna. They're gonna get rid of him in season or make a move there. I think that he is dealing with the operation. I've heard that word a ton. In terms of the long snap or the holder, he's dealing with some issues there. I don't doubt that. Um, but there are some chippies that he's missed too. Um, it's just. It's kind of an adventure right now with him, and you can't help but think that you know it's going to be <clears throat> an issue at some point down the stretch and you just, you hope it isn't, you know? I, yeah. I, I, I feel always... like he's been, he's been good in the, or well, in the Bengals game, notwithstanding, but he's been pretty good in the, in the pressure situations this year. 
Yeah, he had the big um, kick. You know, he he hit the game winner in San Francisco, and that's before that's before this meltdown here. But um, it's just kind of the yips. Maybe the bye week does him some good, and you know, he's been down this road before. I think he can possibly snap back to to where he should be. My I biggest, guess we just have to kind of hang on to our butts in the meantime. Yeah. My biggest worry with this is that he's old and that when you get, when it's cold outside, your muscles don't work as well as, as they do when you're young and spry. And you saw this with Favre, right? As Favre got older, he just, he was not the same like cold weather quarterback that he was in his younger years. That's why he fled to Minnesota so he could be protected by the dome. And and he wanted to beat the Packers. But there's a reason he went to Minnesota and not Chicago. Um, let's not get that twisted. And yeah. and so I do worry that if the cold weather is a factor and it comes down to a Mason Crosby field goal, is he going to have enough distance? But Matt LaFleur has made this bed and he's going to have to sleep in it. And this is a big call for Matt LaFleur. And it will, I wouldn't say it's like, not yet at least, but if he misses a big kick in a, you know, an NFC championship game or heaven forbid a Super Bowl, that mm-hmm. comes down to LaFleur. And everyone's like, well, you could have done this. And then that narrative on LaFleur completely changes. Just like the McCarthy narrative completely changed after the Brandon Bostic play. Wasn't Mike McCarthy's fault that Brandon Bostic fumbled that football, but it was Mike McCarthy being conservative as all fuck and sitting on a lead and not, you know, going for the jugular that got us to that point. So something to think about, um, you actually brought up LaFleur in our pre-show meeting, which I didn't even plan to have a pre-show meeting. Um, you know, I have dinner upcoming after this it was on a little bit of a tight schedule. And I was mentioning, you know, Brian Kelly's kind of been getting the, the rum shot, like everybody's just going after taking shots at Brian Kelly. I realized that Brian Kelly's kind of a dickhead. All right. Like I know he's not a nice guy, but the guy wins. And sometimes, you know, the bad guys win. And that's just it. And and even though he doesn't have that great of a personality, he just keeps winning football games. So all this stuff's coming out of the woodwork. And there's a story about Matt LaFleur having to shovel uh Brian Kelly's yard and uh, Brian Kelly's not a good person, whatever. So I bring up Matt LaFleur to Mitch. Mitch goes, you sure Matt LaFleur is not going to get, not going to look at the Notre Dame job? And then I was like, I, we made this joke yesterday that Schefter was going to report this. We weren't serious. But you seem to have a case. So I will open the floor and I will, uh, I'll let you have it. I mean, I don't really have a whole, no, it, you know, research well and well informed, well thought out. No, thing, I don't but know. It's like but more it's, of a question. Do okay. you do you do you or do you not think that he would consider the Notre Dame job if he knew that Aaron Rodgers was leaving? Because if he stays and Rodgers gets traded, I mean we're not quite thinking about that right now. It's it's, it's one week at a time, right? But if Rodgers gets traded or, or whatever happens with him, but Rodgers is not with the, I mean, you know, you, your legacy as a coach is tied to a quarterback I mean you know Jordan Love you don't have the sample size that you would have had from Favre to Rogers you know like like we did in 2007 or whatever 2008 um where you know McCarthy kind of knew he had a you know a decent quarterback come you know maybe maybe LaFleur doesn't totally believe in Jordan Love however he probably was you know involved in the decision to to draft him but you know your coach, your coaching legacy is attached to the quarterback, whether whether people like it or not. And I think sometimes we can argue whether or not it should be, but but you know it is. And you know it's only been three years. He's been highly successful, but maybe you know he doesn't want to start all over with another quarterback, or you know I don't know. Maybe maybe he thinks that he can't do more. You know, if the Packers don't win the Super Bowl. You know, maybe he just doesn't want to doesn't want to run through the wall, so to speak, to use a, a Giannis expression. Maybe he doesn't want to. Maybe he wants to All back right. up. And and Notre Dame, Notre Dame, I'm sure, will would make him a handsome offer. Sure, right. But make him think about it. Here, here's where here's where you're wrong. 
And I, I appreciate it. I appreciate the thought process. I appreciate the whiteboarding of like why it kind of makes sense. At the end of the day, these guys have egos. And Matt LaFleur is going to want to prove everybody that he can coach without Aaron Rodgers. Just like Bill Belichick wanted to prove that he could coach without Tom Brady. And everyone was clowning on Bill Belichick. Oh, what a mistake Bill Belichick made. Oh, my God. I can't believe he got rid of Tom Brady. Wins the Super Bowl. And now Bill Belichick was able to draft Mac Jones. Mac Jones is basically Brady 2.0. Maybe not that good, but just I'm saying from a <laughs> style, from a style, not from a right. player. They've won, yeah. they've won eight games. I no, mean, no, no. Okay. From a style. I'm not saying he's – hold on. Just saying the way he plays, okay? That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying leadership. I'm not saying clutch. I'm just saying the, he fits their system. That's all I'm saying. He would not have been able to get Mac Jones if he kept Tom Brady. And this was the Rodgers, this was the fucking Rodgers farm thing. It's really the Rodgers love thing a little bit. These coaches always want to prove that they can do it without their guy. And Matt LaFleur has been the most, has been one of the most, actually the most successful coach through however many games he's coached. He has not lost back-to-back games in three years, which is absurd. He's an awesome NFL coach. He's reached a pinnacle. There's no reason for him to go back down to college. Now, if the Packers were maybe winning the division, but it was like 10 and 7, 10 and 6, you know, him and Rodgers didn't necessarily have the best relationship. He didn't exactly like Brian Gunacoust or Matt LaFleur. I'm sorry, uh, Mark Murphy. Maybe he, maybe then it's like, all right, yeah, I'm going to go to Notre Dame. I'll bring my brother along. My brother will be my offensive coordinator. We'll work together, be a family thing. Um, and then maybe that's it. And, and maybe that's, that's what he does. Because, yeah, I don't think it would have been out of the question to think about LaFleur. And I honestly look at a guy like Matt Rule, right, in Carolina. That's, to me, the, a better example of this. I realize LaFleur has Notre Dame ties. But you look at Matt Rule, right? Was considered for the NFL. Everybody liked him for the NFL. It's not really going that that great. And the owner's kind of a weirdo. He's tried to pr- kind of get pave his own path. Like, why wouldn't Matt Rule just say, "Fuck it, I'll go back to college and get paid, and get a massive deal from Notre Dame"? Who knows? I'm not saying he's up for it. Yeah. I'm hurt. I, I, I is- don't. I'm just saying he. I feel like he's a better example than Matt Lafleur, in my opinion. Okay, I guess maybe I'm blinded by the fact that uh, these programs seem to be uh, not fucking around right now. Oh, in, oh, in, yeah. In college football. I mean, I mean Lincoln Riley. Lincoln Riley got an, just an unbelievable. Deal I, I don't know if that tweet's with, real. That guy, I I've not seen that from a college football source I can trust. He was like an Oklahoma blogger. Like no disrespect, he was no different than me. He probably has a few more followers. I, I, I feel like if one of those things is true, which they very well could be, I mean, that's crazy. Uh, and then you know the Brian Kelly thing is even more surprising. Right, yeah, you got a hundred million. I don't know. I'm just saying. Like, no, you're right. It's I college, can't rule anything out right now. College football is absolutely crazy. Well, I asked this question not to like completely take us. I know we want to talk about the box, but like, it, and I said this on yesterday's show and go back and listen. I did a whole thing about how I don't think that Paul Chris should be on the hot seat, but I do think you need to change this team a little bit. And I do think you yeah. need to bring in some outside, an outside look at your offense. Not saying Ole Miss, but like a Cincinnati, a Michigan, uh, somewhere where Notre Dame, somewhere where you're playing a similar style, and how can you apply that style and add in, you know, a little bit of Wisconsin? And so, isn't it weird though? Like, as a fan, shouldn't you want your coach to be in pursuit? Like, shouldn't you want your coach in rumors? Doesn't that mean you're doing the right thing? Like, because 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 Paul Christ isn't is that because he's not a good coach or is that just because his agent doesn't want doesn't need Paul Christ to go drain the university for more money and he's actually one of the good ones I don't know yeah I just think Paul Christ hasn't been super you know he kind of is a well I, I think yeah he's a he's a Wisconsin lifer first of all 
but just also kind of, I guess, fits the Wisconsin. It, he's not a sexy guy is what I'm getting at, I guess. Yeah, no, I get it. No, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, no, I, I'm just saying Bielema was always kind of brought up in coaching like things because Bielema was a really good coach like back in the day. I, we'll see what he does at Illinois. I think he can build a winner there. Like Bielema was in coaching rumors because he was a young guy and he deserved to be. He had really good teams with Wisconsin. And so I'm just wondering, is that like a, a mark against your program if your coach isn't involved in some sort of rumor? But maybe not. I don't know. Bo Ryan was never really in coaching rumors, but that might have been his age. But like we had to deal with it every year with Buzz Williams. Now, little did we know Buzz Williams was a snake oil salesman. Um, but you know, that's part of the business. I think Shaco smart. If the Mar, if Marquette continues their success this season, I think Shaco will be mentioned for bigger jobs, even though Marquette people ignore that Marquette's like a, probably a top 20, top 30 college basketball job, but people like to just discredit it, which is fine. It's okay. Um, it happens. It's, it's all good, but we're not here to talk about college hoops. We can talk about what's that. I mean, Top 20 college basketball job. I, 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 I said I mean, top 20, top 30. Okay. That's, I mean, we I can, guess and well, if, if we go down, if we go down the list, I mean, I think we've done this before, but no, we, we could, we could do this another time, whether it's you and I having beers, we'll pull up Ken Palm and we'll just go through which job would you rather have this one or that one and just do it. I mean, here could be a fucking, fucking social media segment we'll just we'll just go through just go through all these jobs we'll see how low i can get you i'll probably flip out you know i'll be like you want that job instead of marquette you also like have a hatred towards marquette for for no real reason that that is that's there uh which is that's slanderous what you do you say you donate marquette uh it's gotten a lot less over the last well, Five, yeah, six, yeah, you're eight, out eight. of college. You're you're not the the UWM jokes are not being made. I mean, you know, it's it, it's it's a little different these days, right? Brutal that Mark Kennel, Wisconsin at one at eleven thirty. That game, just knowing how both fan bases love to drink, that should be like a three o'clock game every year. That's but it's great, it's great starter for a huge day of college football as well. So be a really fun Saturday. Anyways, and on that Saturday, speaking of which, love this transition, Mitch. You have the Bucks in the Heat, seven o'clock. So hopefully everybody can stay sober enough to watch that game as it's a significant one. Now we don't know if the Heat are going to be healthy, but let's assume they are. Jimmy Butler is battling tailbone. Uh, Tyler Harrow is it a quad injury or a thigh injury? Um, he has something, so he's been he's been hurt. So they haven't had their full. Their full roster, but the return of PJ Tucker happens on on Saturday. Uh, I think the Harp will have something special. They'll roll out the green carpet for him. Uh, Harp legend PJ Tucker, that is. How how important is this game? I call it significant. Do you think it's significant? Do you think it matters what happens in this game, or is it just another December game in the NBA? Uh, well, I mean, to me, it matters. I know that. Uh, I hated getting our ass kicked by Miami, second game of the year. They're a real really like No question. I really would. I really would like to get to get them back. Now you'd you'd love to see Jimmy Butler has has a propensity to to duck the Bucks in the regular season. The last few years, people forget he has. So, Absolutely. Uh, he's he's scared. Whatever. Whatever. Yeah, it I mean, is. he was I scared of the Jokic brothers on fucking Monday night too. Just had just had a tailbone injury come up. Well, you know, yeah, right. He fell on his, fell on his tailbone and had a boo-boo and, you know, I guess yeah. couldn't, couldn't move like he wanted to, but, uh, you know, I mean, I, I would like to, and the whole PJ Tucker thing was weird on the, that, in that first game where he was just very agitated. I, I know that's, that's kind of his, his brand and his, his deal, which I respect and, he was later on the JJ Reddick podcast, and I think he didn't have a bad thing to say about Milwaukee. So, um, I am no longer put off by that, I guess. But you know, I I I don't think Giannis would mind dunking on him either on Saturday. You know, that would be I don't think I'd mind seeing that either, as much as we love PJ Tucker. 
you know right. i just i mean it matters to me but i you know certainly if both teams are close to full strength i mean that's i'm i'm gonna you know take something from that game there's still probably two more matchups with miami i would think maybe not probably uh, one more. let me look i'll take i'll take a gander while while you finish yeah, I I think this is a big week in the NBA, right? We're taping Tuesday night. You have Warriors Suns this evening in Phoenix, and then you have Warriors Suns again in Golden State. On no, they play on, on they do play on Christmas Day, which is great, super smart by ABC. That's just that's a great great scheduling move because that's a fantastic basketball game. Yeah, I mean also- they got they got a, a little well. A little lucky. I don't think. Oh yeah. I don't think going oh. into the season, everybody thought yeah. these teams would be this fucking good. No, no, no. Right. lucky. I mean, I got, that, that helps. But, but yes, um, you have you have Warriors Heat on, or not Warriors Heat. Sorry, Warriors Suns on Friday as well. And that's not on television, which is a crime. Can't get both games on television. Like, come on. Like that's where the NBA and the flex just. They have no no reason. You have the Bucks and Heat again on the eighth, so they go right back to Miami next Wednesday night. That one's on ESPN, and then the Bucks and Heat do not see each other back in Milwaukee on the second of March. So that will be quite the layoff before we see Bucks and Heat again. But yeah, the, I, I do think it it matters somewhat to take at least one of those games. Don't have to win both. It'd be nice to win both, but getting one of those games against Miami matters because if you end up going 0-3 against Miami in the first two week, two months of the season, it's going to be a story, right? It's just going to be. Right now, Brooklyn is still Brooklyn. They still have the dudes, but name me your favorite Brooklyn Nets win this year. There aren't, there aren't many. They've Against every good team, it seems like Brooklyn has puked on their shoes. The Suns were on a back-to-back. They were the last game of a long road trip including Thanksgiving and they blew the fucking nets out. I can't take the nets seriously yet. Yeah, they and beat them I know, but we watched that game. They Yeah. They, they they came back at the end. That game was not close. The nets best win just quickly. Maybe <laughs> the wizards. Oh. Uh, Yikes. So they got killed, killed by the Bulls, killed yeah. by the Bucks, killed yeah. by the Heat, and killed by the Warriors. Yeah, I'm telling you, they there is not a good win on that roster on that on that schedule right now. They right. to meet they yeah they blew out Boston last week, but whoop they fucking do. Bucks nearly beat Boston in Boston without Giannis and Chris. They're also at they're also at home every game. Somehow. Yeah. They're one they're one of those teams. Yeah. Them and the Timberwolves have played like three quarters of their games at home. Yeah. That's fine. Timberwolves. So, buy, are you buying stock in the Timberwolves yet, by the way? Just out of curiosity. Ooh, that's who the Nets play next on Friday. Oh, that's actually that's actually a real good game. So I, well, the Wolves that. are the Wolves are I guess finally have their you know, guys healthy at the same time for an extended period of time and you're you know, they're they're fun. They have a good coach too. Like everybody made a big deal about that guy getting hired because it was not a conventional way of getting hired, but the guy worked under Nick nurse, like Finch, you know, Finchy. Yeah. They're fun. Like, like if you had like a league pass team, I think that would be a strong candidate. Just them or maybe the bulls. Yeah. But fuck the bulls. Yeah, of course. And fuck the Timberwolves too. (laughs) uh, They beat, they beat us and their fans. Oh my God. You would have thought that that was, yeah, that was a Super they, Bowl. They won that, was the a, that, that was a Super Bowl, man. Uh, congrats on the Larry O'Brien in fucking October. I think. Uh, uh, speaking of that, uh, Bart Winkler w- was talking. He's like, "Yeah, I had a friend. Uh, you know, he does a morning show, so he talks a lot." Um, he said, "Yeah, I have I have a friend from Minnesota that was that had a Facebook status over the weekend that said." The Packers or the Vikings beat the Packers, the Gophers beat the Badgers, and the Timberwolves beat the Bucks. If only we could play Wisconsin teams all the time or something like that. And it was like, <laughs> win a championship and come see me, right? Yeah, hopefully you enjoy your Lynx titles. Um, <laughs> what are the, uh, what's the name of their fucking, the Loons, their MLS team? How do they oh, do? Yeah. 
Uh, but I'm not sure. Couldn't tell you. The Wild, just brutal. Yeah, Wild, just one of the one of the more disappointing franchises in in all of sports. Um, just whatever. I could roast Minnesota all day. I looked really quick on ESPN what the uh, what the Friday games are. So you got Sixers Hawks at six thirty. Fine, whatever. But then, of course, you get Clippers Lakers versus Suns Warriors and LeBron's in protocol. So he might I have know, a cocoa. I saw that. So can we flex that? Why not just flex it? NBA needs to, to, to embrace the flex. What's so hard about it? I don't get it. Talk to me like I'm five. So, well, I'm sure you it's probably cameras. can't fire. I mean, the sure it's, it's cameras. Little, little, I'm sure it's the camera. A little soon. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, it's just, you got to have more than like a week, probably. Yeah. I know. I know. Just bullshit. Whatever. It is what it is, my man. But yeah, no, we'll see what happens with the Bucks this week. Got the House of Highlights Hornets tomorrow. Uh, the Hornets have not been able to snap, stop a fucking sneeze. Um, I think that would be problematic against the Bucks team that's been red hot. Um, so we'll see see what happens. Maybe take the over in that one. And then you had the- you had uh, Lonzo against Lamelo on Monday. Yeah, I think it was. And House of Highlights just. I mean, that's. I mean. That's porn. That's, I mean, they, that's their porn hub. They just dial it up, you know, do, 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 do. like that's how they're, that's how they're getting <laughs> down. Like, you know, Omar now we're in sports center is just probably just furiously jerking off to the ball, ball brothers. So congrats. Them. <laughs> um, and fucking the captions are so bad. Dude. It's oh like... God. LeVar, you all along. Like, get the fuck out of here. Talk, talk to me when these guys win a fucking playoff series. All right. Like, I also, I'm also here for, we didn't really talk about Boogie. Don't be such a boomer, Charlie. I know. We didn't really talk about Boogie, which is fine. I'm excited for Bugs. Even more excited would be if, like, Bugs is an actual thing. And then just the the shitting on Anthony Davis narrative just gets louder and louder. Because now Giannis is doing it with two of two of the best guys that Anthony Davis has ever played with. And just making them into just all-stars, which would be great. And I'd love that. And yeah, I wonder any, if uh, I forgot that Drew Holiday played with the Marcus Cousins in uh, yeah. in New Orleans. Yeah, and I now, wonder if I wonder if Holiday put in a good word. Probably, I would imagine. I would imagine that Holiday Holiday says, "Yeah, there's he could help us." And I think maybe too they asked him, and we don't know Brooks' status. And again, we we'll probably do that that answer here soon. Um, hey, can you do some of the similar shit you did with? with boogie that you do with brooke like the pick and roll stuff like can you get can you do that with boogie it's like oh yeah we did that all the time in new orleans great cool we'll sign him because remember well, like, like holiday holiday and lopez had a great connection last season and if you could emulate that a little bit with cousins that would be fantastic you know you're not asking for much i don't think you know with or without brooke i think you know they just needed a body and if you get more than 15 minutes a night, I mean, fine. But I think just kind of the toughness, you can never have too much of that. Um, and hopefully everything works out, you know. Um, it's non-guaranteed. It's probably the most most exciting non-guaranteed contract in Bucks history. Um, and, you know, if it doesn't work out, it's Jalen Smith, I guess, right? Where it's just, right. okay, we yeah. got you for two weeks and thanks for everything. But, um, you know, we're going to move forward somewhere else. But you know, and we and we can just yell. He's, he's, for, he's probably the know, best. Two weeks. He's, he's the best guy to get off the scrap heap. And oh, totally. If you're trying to get better, I think I think you kind of forgot all about him, and I did until it came up on my radio show that I was producing on on Saturday. His name came up, and I I googled him, and it was like, oh, he's a free agent, and it was. I was kind of thinking like, you know, Bucks really could use a a big guy for sure, and but it was kind of like, eh, I don't, you know, I don't know. Not that I don't like him, but it's just kind of like I don't know how much he had. He was decent. He he was in the playoffs last year with the Clippers. He had a couple couple moments there, but he's pretty done. But if you're not asking him to do much, to just be like a fourth big, uh, I think it's pretty ideal. But no, um, yeah, maybe I'm biased. No, I agree. I agree with you. I definitely I definitely think that's. Uh that's someone who could really help and we'll be interested to see how much many, how many minutes he gets against Charlotte. I would imagine either Charlotte or, or Toronto, they're going to give him 
a little bit of minutes because it's a back-to-back, give some guys some breathers. You know, not that they're going to rest anybody, but just that that back-to-back will give will give them some time. And Bucks are going to be some badasses, man, with him, Bobby, Grayson, Giannis. Like, nobody on that team is putting up with any shit. And I love that um, because they are not going to be soft. I'll tell you that much. Right. Well, we were going to talk about the Brewers, but I got the rap signal uh, from the chef in my house that uh, was making me dinner. I know. I know. Really quickly as we head into the Brewers lockout. are going. Uh, Brewers are going kind of crazy right now, too. With, with are the they? Stuff. I'm looking on Twitter. Well, no shit. All the, all the con- no, not really crazy. Just relax. But well, like, they signed Ben Sullivan of the Illinois. Never even heard of him. Um, yeah, I don't know. I didn't know who who Ben Sullivan was. They did uh, non-tender bogey, so no more Danny Double Cheese. Uh, R.I.P. Okay. R.I.P. Double Cheese. Be- and then they, they signed Rowdy Tellez to a one-year deal, which okay. made Vogelbach a one uh, redundant. So um, there's still other guys in arbitration, but, you know, this is a uh, silly season right now. Just with, you know. Oh, yeah, the lockout. The lockout's crazy. I don't think it's a big deal that the Brewers aren't making any moves. I think let all these other teams blow their load. The Rangers have decided that they want, they realize they have a new stadium. It's like, Hey, maybe we should spend some money and it's fine. Keeps Seager away from the NL keeps John Gray away from the NL keeps Marcus Simeon away from the NL. Great. The Rockies deciding to be involved with Chris Bryan is probably the most, what the fuck move, but so Rockies it hurts. Just the Herb Cole Bucks, man, of, of baseball. And John Heyman defending it was equally hilarious. Like, come on, man. Well, you could at least criticize. He's like, I don't get it. They have some young talent. Like, what? Like, I don't know. It's, it's bad. Uh, but, yeah, I don't mind Brewers not doing much. Uh, the only real move made inside the division was Steven Matz. I did like for the Cardinals at 4-44. and But it's not like the Brewers are going to go after pitching. I'll ask you this no. quickly. Um, if you go into your head, you had to trade Eric Lauer, or Adrian Hauser to kind of upgrade your offense. A, would you do it? And B, who would you trade out of those two guys? Who? Uh, you know, that's. I don't know if I'd trade him. I mean, that's a hell of a five man rotation right yeah. there. No, I don't. Uh, well, you, I mean, the thought is you have Aaron Ashby. Thought is you have Ethan Small, maybe. Oh, yeah, true. And and then you could help out your offense by getting a pretty good guy coming back for you. Well, I guess you'd trade Hauser because he's older. Yeah. And but, he's not left-handed. And he's not left-handed, which sadly is a factor. But it is. Yep. I mean, as long as you have one lefty in your in your rotation, I'm okay. I mean, for the first. 28 years of my life, the Brewers never had a left-handed starter, so right. or not one worth a fucking bag. Of Doug pitch. Davis, man, don't don't besmirch Glendon, good name of Doug Rush, Davis baby. and Randy Wolf. How dare you, sir? Glendon Rush and Glendon Rush. God, you're an asshole. One, one in one in fifteen. Yeah, one year. Uh, so you know, I don't know. I just I'd probably hang on to to those guys to upgrade the offense and maybe. Yeah. You know, Avi Garcia no longer with us, unfortunately. Uh, yeah, hopefully, I hopefully things I ex- work out in Miami. I saw that coming. My dad's like, "Why would you want to just go to a place where you want to fans for four years?" I'm like, "I don't know, Dad. Thirteen well, million." I'm sure he li- he lives in Miami, so he does. You know, yeah, he trains there, so he trains um, there. A lot of lot of lot of Latin guys like to go to Miami. Um, yeah, I I mean for, I would too. You know, they, oh, absolutely. And um, you know, who cares? Who they don't care about fans. Um, for the most part, yeah, fans are nice, but you know, whatever I, they don't. I agree. You know, well, not not a factor. I I got a rule. I hate to cut the podcast. We usually don't do this. Um, the perils of taping early. Well, um, we're at a, we're at an hour. That's plenty. We're at a good hour. We it is plenty. Um, it, it would divulge anyways. It probably probably saved us. Our producer cutting us off i get to enjoy a nice turkey pot pie um hope you get to enjoy your evening uh for everybody else we'll be back tomorrow uh for the thursday show and then a friday show and we're back 
next week uh, with Tabitha Keg getting ready for another edition of Packers Bears and I'm sure a whole lot of bucks and hopefully Marquette beating Wisconsin. We'll see. Um, we'll just sort of see. We will see. All right, man. Take care of yourself. Have a good one. See you. Peace.